Every day, America Online is making it easier for people to live, work, and play. When we installed internet access on our computer, I got the whole family involved. And you Just what is this main artery of the information superhighway? You beautiful bastards! No matter how large, no matter how small, we'll be on the internet in the year 2000. It's the primary way that people will look at information. Shut up! When we were there. Hello, and welcome to When We Were There, Bias Internet History. I'm Thomas. And I'm Josh, and this is a podcast all about the history of internet content, the who's who's, the what's what's, the where's Waldo's. We're going to get into it all. Whether you like it or not. You know what? I think uh, a lot of people who've listened to the podcast so far have been like, well, that's a sticky banger at the beginning of the video. But you know what? I think we're going to ask our guest who might be the expert of internet music. What What did you think of that intro, Kevin? I was grooving. I was grooving. Nice. I think it set the tone. I think we're all on board. It did everything that a uh, that an intro needed to do. Pumped us up, informed yeah. us, and uh, we're ready to go. Yeah. I I think that's the the best review we could get. In, in studio, over Zoom today, we have the incomparable Kevin McLeod. Kevin, how are you? I'm, I'm doing great. <laughs> thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> yeah, thanks thank for you. coming. Yeah, we. Uh, for, for, if there's some dumbass listening to this podcast who's like, "Who's Kevin McLeod?" How, how would you explain that to them? I seriously don't have a clue, and I've lived my life my entire life. Uh, he's the guy <laughs> that makes music for every cat video you've ever seen, and most of the podcasts and just uh it's all it's all that music that you're like oh and and one episode of doctor who i heard uh, <laughs> i did do music for the was i in an episode i don't think i made it to the original doctor who when they released uh, dvd extras uh they certainly uh, used my music in the dvd extras and blu-ray that's extras. what it was well, yeah it's cool still nonetheless yeah. um yeah so you you might know his name. You definitely know his music, but uh, you probably haven't seen his face. Kevin McLeod is a a man who is the owner creator of. Uh, I might not be pronouncing this right. Incompetech. Incompetech, absolutely nailed it. First try. <laughs> a website that uh, hosts a, just a enormous library of royalty free music. I know uh, in the past when I was a young tyke on YouTube, I've used your music. I, I may not have credited you. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, that's 30, uh, 30 bucks very, very common. It's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Um, but his his music has been used in the likes of people like F&D, uh, Smosh, CPG Grey, millions and millions of videos on YouTube used as music every and day. And probably about, it looks like on the IMDb, over a thousand films and television programs as well. Yeah. So just an, an enormous amount of music, all for free at least for the internet, all for free. So this is something that I find just incredibly interesting. Copyright uh, law is something I've done some research into, um, and it's. I feel like it's purposely like opaque, like very difficult to understand. It's just in order to, to trip people up and, and make that separation. So I, I guess the first question, obviously, is why free music? Uh, um, because the world needed it mm -hmm. it's it's one of those things where you ah, wow way to start with <laughs> way to start with a banger uh, <laughs> the, uh, why free um because most things fail how about that 
And if you just want to put together like a thing and try to make it fly, most things don't go viral. They can't. Mm-hmm. And how do you get access to things which could? Well, I mean, get it for free. To the ultimate marketing technique, I guess. Free is the way to go <laughs> if you can. Well, well I, I think what's really interesting about that, I think you can also relate this to first time, you know, like independent filmmakers, but also kind of with the democratization of the internet, when people did start to make their own content, a lot of people making content from their homes don't just know a composer that they <laughs> right. can, you know, pay a couple hundred dollars to make a score or something, you know, having this library of, you know, free content is definitely going to put you on the map, especially when, you know, you're looking at a base that doesn't have the means to create this, you know, yeah. I'm like, I mean, even for our podcast, we're lucky enough that we, we have, you know, some friends in composition music, but n- not too many people, especially first time creators are that lucky. Yeah, well, like like I said, exactly. When I was a kid making videos on YouTube with my friend, we'd make sketch comedy videos and we'd need music. And you were the guy who we turned to because I, honestly, I have no idea. I should ask Angus because he's the one who found you. I, I mean, I guess he just saw your name credited in another video like everyone else does. And that's how how people find you. Seems to be. Yes. Yeah, I I mean, I'd say that's great word of mouth, especially when you have like top creators just being like music by Kevin McLeod, and then people are going to look into that, and then people will eventually be like, oh shit, there's a lot of stock music that we can use in our videos. Yeah, and some of that music now has cultural relevance because it's been there forever. Some of those pieces are shorthand for like, oh, funny, wacky comedy. I already know this. Yeah. I already like this. Of course, they can use it, and then they can build upon that uh, common cultural knowledge. So how far back have you started making free content? Is this a a pre-YouTube thing, or did it start in like 2005, 2006 with the beginnings of YouTube? Uh, I was was making music in like through the late 90s, but when like websites came around, now I had a distribution method. I used to be a a front-end programmer at a web developer, thing and I had okay. my own homepage and and I had been doing uh, commission work for like theater and a, and a couple of movies already and I, I had been getting a lot of um, failure let's call it failure nice. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you write a cue and the director's like no <laughs> write it again and different and so I was getting this backlog of all this stuff I'm like well somebody's got to want to use it and that was that was yeah pre YouTube. And I guess back then, would you have any way of knowing like when people were using it? Did you see your music anywhere? Do you remember the first time you saw a piece of your music in something else? I I don't remember that now. Mm. Uh, usually early on, people were very excited to tell me about it, so I wouldn't catch it in the wild like I do, you know, like an hour ago where I was watching an unrelated <laughs> video from people I've never seen before. It's like, oh, yep, that's, there's me. Okay. I must, I mean, I don't know if that's still weird for you, but it must have been weird, at least at the start. I, it's still weird. It's still <laughs> <Yeah>. weird. <laughs> it happens, yeah, I guess, like, pretty often then. Um, I think I heard you say there's something like nine, 90 million videos, uh, like, have your music in it or something like that we honestly don't know that's just a guess that's that's the best guess because i don't do any tracking on that 
Yeah, I mean, how could, so you, how could YouTube you really? doesn't keep track of it, and uh, there's some people who don't credit me, so you can't find them that way. <laughs> yeah, how, no. How dare they not credit you? That's crazy. I don't even know what they were thinking. You know what's funny is um, we also, Josh and I are making sketches as well as part of our, our brand launch, and um, for our second one we made, before I even, actually, this is probably what made me think to reach out to you is I was like, I need music. Ah, oh, Incompetech, Kevin McLeod. And uh, I, we, we used you. But this time I, I made sure I have you at the very end of the video. It says the name of the song by Kevin McLeod. Is that a proper credit? Absolutely. 100%. That will keep Nailed the it. emails out of my inbox for like, hey, I saw this person did a video. What was the name of the music? I'm like, I don't know who that is. Uh, you didn't give me a link. I can't help you. Oh, they don't even give you a link oh. or like the name of a video? No, they assume that I know who everyone is, and I don't. Yeah, well, if we're getting into the 9 million just being a fucking estimate, then yeah, I don't think it's... You can't really keep track past like 100. Yeah, it's <laughs> right. not possible. Do you... So when your music is on something more along the lines of traditional media, like film or television will they reach out to you or is it the same where they just like throw a credit at the end of the show? Um, usually they throw a credit. Occasionally they've reached out to me. Um, and either way is fine. Yeah. I mean, I guess if it's getting the word out there, you can't, you can't complain too much as long as they actually are crediting and not just kind of throwing it in the background. Even if they <laughs> yeah, just throw we'll it in the it. background, what, am, what do I care? It's part of it's once you write a piece of music, you don't get to determine what happens to it. The world tells you what happens to it. I mean, that is that is true. That's what they say. Like once you finish a piece of art, it's no longer yours anymore. It belongs to everyone. Yep. So, so with uh, with the name Incompetech, what what's the background of that? Is it a joke? Or it, is, it is the fusion of incompetence and technology, <laughs> which nice. I embody, and <laughs> I just I just love the concept of incompetence. Uh, I got Incompetech, I believe, before Dunning-Kruger published their famous uh, study on incompetence. Oh, really? And it's it's really... Incompetence is intensely enjoyable to me on every level. Like, an incompetent karaoke singer who just does it, joyous. It's, it's, all, <laughs> it's, it's the heart that really It matters. is. It is the heart. There's something a bit more beautiful to it. It's like yeah. someone really giving their all even and not caring whether they sound bad or not. Right. And that's 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 something beautiful. <laughs> um so just going a little bit back to the uh, the pre YouTube stuff. Um I guess like did you were you very active on the internet in terms of like as a consumer? Were you using it at, like to consume media at all, or was it just a place where you were putting your music and then doing whatever in your day to day? Yeah, no, I was I was the one like actively making the internet back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> I was crafting the first user experiences with cookies in 1995 and stuff oh, wow. like that. So is Incompetech not your first site that you've created? That That is my first personal site. But I've cre I mean, I created commercial sites for a bunch of other places. Anyone we might know? Um, I worked on the website for the Green Bay Packers. Oh, uh, Schneider National, the bird food places. Uh, oh, bird food places? KT. KT Dude, I, I love that KT site as a kid. Bird food. I worked there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> 
I learned a lot about welders. I learned a lot about trucking. It's one of these jobs like working in a patent office where you just get deep knowledge of the craziest things. Yeah, I guess if you have to make a website all around one thing, yeah. you kind of got to learn a little bit about it. Yeah. I know far too much about neutron spectrometers to this day. <laughs> well, that that is a useful skill in day-to-day life. <laughs> yes. So it's good that you can take that with you. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So, so it, it is fair to say that your relationship with the internet does span quite far back to it, even yeah. before the Wild West days of actually seeing a lot of user-submitted content. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Like back in college days, we had muds and mucks and ugh, these dial-up things and mess. Oh, I'm old now. Oh, this is <laughs> oh, this is the I episode. remember dial-up. Don't worry. <laughs> your mom couldn't pick up the phone or screw your whole connection. Yep. Kids these days have it easy. And no doubt. Yeah, now they don't even like... I, I think we just barely had dial-up as a kid. I'm a bit younger than Josh, but uh, I definitely remember like I learned how to use a computer on and this will maybe still fa- sound young to you but like windows 2000 and then windows xp for a lot of my childhood and i remember like they didn't make it particularly easy to use like it was not hard but if you had a problem you needed to figure that out yourself you know yeah. I, and I find nowadays computers and it's kind of a lot of apples doing they're so streamlined like my sister if something goes wrong with her computer she doesn't know how to fix it at all you know, I feel like troubleshooting is something that people don't learn as much anymore. Because back in the day, you had to if you wanted to really use a computer. Well, and right now, it's almost getting to the point of too much magic, and I have no idea how things are happening. Well, that's the thing, right? It's all under the hood now. If yeah. you want to do anything, like you can't even access the tools anymore. It's like so difficult. Well, even look at the, you know, you can. It's even starting with the first Macintosh had its own set of tools to open it up. You know, before you could just be your average hobbyist with like an Allen key or Philip had screw, and it's kind of getting to the point where big, you know, especially Apple, they don't want you to see what's under the hood. They just want it to be an easy, user-driven experience. I like that you took that to like a physical, like opening the computer. But that's I, what it is. That's that's the thing. Is a I computer mean, is a piece of machine. Like even if you're, you're just wrong. like an engineer, like they don't want you fucking with it. You know, you if something goes wrong, call someone. Well, man, my, I, the battery in this laptop I'm using right now needs to be replaced, um, and it's like a big big pain to do it. Like I could do it myself, but it's like a huge hassle to do it, and it's like kind of honestly just better to take it to one of their shops to get it done but then it costs way more so i don't know but i um, mean even taking that to the parallel of like being a creator here you know i think there was a certain time where a lot of the things you would have to source and do on your own and i think the fact that more people are looking to products that other other people have built like i think especially in the age of tiktok i'm sure you must see your music there i i well i'm I'm on TikTok. I don't see it a whole lot relative to YouTube. Uh, yeah, I feel like don't they use just copyrighted music straight up on TikTok? Isn't that just like kind of kosh? And also most now? of my TikTok is just filled with people pole vaulting in slow motion. So oh, That's a good use for that. Yeah, it's really satisfying. They kind of got me. They Their algorithm's good. <laughs> I've been told I need to get on the app, and I've I've tried it. Uh, I've really tried. It's just I don't know. I think it's because it's such like a, like it's only content. You know, they removed any part of the UI that's not content, so you're just like constantly being bombarded with stuff, and it's like, 
almost a little too much for me. Um, and also the I haven't used it enough for the algorithm to figure me out yet. So I still get a bunch of stuff where I'm like, I, this isn't. <laughs> so you're a fucking boomer then is what you're saying. I don't know how to use a computer. You don't. <laughs> I'm a goddamn old man. It's too f- fucking intuitive. <laughs> it's too intuitive. Um, but yeah, I guess... Uh, a little bit of a of a shift, but uh, I, I have a, a question, and this is actually something that uh, uh, Josh's cousin Alex, the creator of our theme song, wanted to ask you: is um, like, how does your creative process look like when you're when you're creating music? Uh, my my question is, how do you stay so productive? Because that's insane to me, the, just the <laughs> amount of output you have. And then he wants to know: are you like pretty more methodical, or is it just like sort of chaotic? You just do whatever when it hits you. Um, oh, these are two very different questions. Uh, That's true. So just answer whichever one you like. Well, I'll do with the one that I remember first. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Am I methodical? (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so right now I'm doing a new piece of music for an Italian magician. Oh, that's. And so I'm watching his routine four or five times, getting the like getting his pacing, mm-hmm. getting his what he's trying to do, and then and then basically I start sketching. Okay, we need this kind of feel, we need this kind of motion, we need this kind of instrumentation, we need this kind of uh, like ornamentation, and then you just start building it in and building it in, and then you build more and more and more, and then you take after you've built everything you can possibly think of into the piece, then you go and remove as many notes as you can to still make it make sense so that you can get the clarity to the audience. It is very methodical process. Huh. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Just like throwing whatever your brain generates and see what sticks and then cutting the fat, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, and then I guess that's sort of, that does, I feel relate to being productive because then, you know, like, Whenever every time you sit down, you know exactly what you're gonna do and the steps you can follow. Right. And then you just sort of repeat that ad nauseum and, until I guess when you die one day. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like that's a fun thing to say. Like, what do you do today? Oh, I made music for an Italian musician. Well, Italian magician, I, magician, magician. Sorry, sorry, magician. Italian musician would probably do his own music. I would hope. Um, Maybe he needs a ghostwriter. <laughs> Have you ghostwritten for people? Is that a thing? I have not. I have not ghostwritten for people. People have used my music without crediting me. Is that the same? I don't know. Ghosting. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if that's quite the same. No, I haven't I haven't done I mean I've worked under pseudonyms, but that's just because it's entertaining for me. Right. So Do you do you wanna like drop any of them? What's like a good pseudonym that you've done? Do you um, think of like funny names? Well, I mean Elmer Van Lannen is on SoundCloud. <laughs> And if you read his bio, he's amazing. <laughs> All right. Elmer Van Laden. Check out Elmer Van Laden. Elmer on Van Laden on SoundCloud. He, need, he needs the support. It is. <laughs> do, do not send Elmer money. He doesn't exist. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you listen to your own music ever? Is that something that you do? On occasion, I do, actually. Yeah? You like to, to groove to it? It's, it's only, like, the last, like, four or five most recent pieces that I've done. Right. I, I never go back to, like, ten years ago. Not even just for, like, nostalgic purposes, being like, oh, yeah, I remember when I made that. No, don't care about nostalgia. <laughs> Dude, what, uh, you're what? on the wrong show, then. Ah, <laughs> oh, crap! I'm so sorry! 
<laughs> that's our whole market. <laughs> would you would you like be on a date and then like throw on a banger of yours? <laughs> I like just that. Just to set the mood. <laughs> set the mood. And then she goes, "This is good. Who is this?" Yeah, that's... And you're like, "You're about to find out." And then, <laughs> and then it gets kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that in the podcast. <laughs> that's your own personal business. <laughs> thank thank you very much. Yes. So when, you know, you you have this library, people know who you are. I I assume with, you know, similar with the the magician, people are actually starting to commission you now. Sure, yeah. So the the process of, you know, making something that's like a little bit more unique rather than what, you know, you could universally use to score, is that a similar process or like you said i guess you're going more on you're actually watching the content and seeing what goes with it really almost everything that's on my site i did for someone else oh okay almost everything you know i'll i'll do a film and i'll get you know 20 cues out of it and i'll find like four or five that i can expand into full songs they were made for some purpose oh interesting yeah i guess that that makes sense that like because they all have like a sort of a theme or a point to them. They're not just like whatever. Right. It's very hard to just like imagine what people want to feel and then like write an outline. <laughs> oh, I think people want to feel in this particular jovial way. And then like, well, give <laughs> me an example. Jovial is definitely, uh, at least for all of the music of yours that I've ever heard or used, it's it's generally like a jovial sound yeah is that is that something that you get commissioned for a lot is it a sound that attracts you or is it just just fun to make i think the problem with this well number one it is fun to make i mean it's also fun to make metal music that is like super metal and like it's fun to do all of this but the thing that oh it's why am i the only guy that's funny in music (laughs) <laughs> it's because everyone else wants to write these serious trailer things and like you know big brass i'm like mm, there's a lot of that out there funny is harder funny is harder i'm i firmly believe that in any way funny is harder even especially comedy writing it's it's much you can kind of watch a, a not great not well written action film and be like ah oh, this is fun yeah but if you're watching a poorly written comedy it's just painful and uncomfortable <laughs> yeah yeah because at at the very least, if you watch a bad movie of any other type, you can laugh at it, but you can't laugh <laughs> you at a bad can't comedy. Can't laugh at a bad comedy. That's that's the problem there. <laughs> that's that's the worst of it. Um, so you mentioned metal music, and this is something I guess actually I didn't even think about. But how many instruments do you play? Do you play a lot, or is it all digitalized? They're they're pretty. They're all pretty digitalized. Um, how many do I play? Probably none. <laughs> I can I cannot get hired you as a pianist. You don't even make music. I'm not this that all... good. <laughs> this is all just a, a a ruse to get people to look at your graph paper. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like is that a newer thing? I don't remember you having graph paper on your site when I was a kid. Yeah, graph paper predated music. Wow. Okay, so I'm just wrong. I guess. Yeah. No, you're <laughs> freaking dumbass. <laughs> Yikes. So so as as, as someone who is got his fame in copyright free music how do you feel about the copyright system as it is whether it you know just be umg completely screwing a creator for you know using a song even if it is credited 
just down literally to, okay, you have to look at someone like a property like Mickey Mouse, like that is owned for a hundred years. Not many things are really going into the public domain anymore. Right. So, so my, so my idea with the giving things away for free and then, you know, later discovering creative, creative commons mm-hmm. where like, oh, here's a framework where people can understand that I'm giving away stuff for free. So I adopted that and I thought there was going to be this major cultural rift. The people who protect their music and then the people who let their music go free. And I was firmly convinced that the free music was going to take over the culture because the other one's just being slowed down by lawsuits and things of that sort. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh man, this is going to be great and everyone's going to come along and like we're <laughs> going to have pop music people who are just going to give away this stuff for free and I'm still just out in the field by myself a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, even, even with more, you know, like, you know, recent modern YouTube creators, a lot of the people that do use just music in their backgrounds, whether it be a, a video essay or a comedy sketch, if it's not you, a lot of people are getting that from maybe a site that charges like, you know, $25 a month for yep. copyright free music. Sure. You know what I've always wondered about? A lot of people use like hip hop instrumentals. Like, uh, I think even, was it uh, Every Frame of Painting started that maybe? But uh, they're good for video essays because they're literally designed for to speak over pretty much right. and, and to not be like too in your face, like old school uh, hip hop instrumentals. But I'm like, how do they, how are they allowed to do this? Like they definitely don't own the rights to them. I don't know. Well, Something I've, I've wondered about, you cannot copyright a rhythm. Yeah. But they're like famous songs. Like um, someone used like, like a song from Illmatic or something. Yeah. Well, like I don't, I don't song. know. I'm, I don't know. I, how I, I mean, I, I guess if it's, you can't, yeah, like you said, you can't really copyright a series of, of chords. Which, thank God or for that. The, I'm sh- the Beatles would have been sued. I'm sure they, they would try. Several times over. Well, everyone would have been sued several times over if you could steal a chord oh, progression. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. boy, this is a big topic. <laughs> you oh, mentioned, yeah. oh, yeah, I mean, and we don't really have the time to fully get into it. <laughs> As I said, they purposely, I feel, make it opaque, so you can't, like, it's just so much. Um, uh, actually, I'm curious if you know about these guys. Um, so there's a, a Canadian director, uh, creator who, his name is Matt Johnson and he has a TV show called, uh, Nirvana, the band, the show, and they are extremely well-versed in the use of fair use and how they can, um, use other IPs like transformatively in their own and, and their discussions on copyright law are, are very in-depth and very, uh, informative and entertaining as well as the show is just I love it. It's super funny. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of them. I actually haven't. No, sorry. In my in my ideal world, looking f- looking far into the future, we'll just get rid of copyright altogether. It's just gone. It's done. There's no copyright in the fashion industry. Yeah. They seem to make money. It's just fear, and it's really stopping society from having a shared language. And because somebody owns that nostalgia, usually Disney. Yeah, that's a very true yet sad way to look at it. I I mean, even if we're relating that to sort of the more the wild, wild west days of the Internet to, to what it is now, you know, I think so many people are, you know, worried about especially I think people in the commentary or movie reviewing community or anyone using 
any sort of content that they have to then transform, even though it is technically under fair use, you know, is is the big studio really going to lose so much money if someone uses one song in the background or one clip of their trailer? Yeah. I mean, if they really understood it, they would want their film used in everything, everywhere. Yeah, it's free publicity. It it really does work. Well, I you mean, built a career off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're the, the perfect embodiment of it. Yeah. So I, so I wanted to say, you going back a little bit, you mentioned that now you, you're still alone in this field, you said, but I know there I'm are other, other sites doing you, this. There are. But were you, you were the first guy to do this stuff, right? Uh, that I know of. There, I mean, at the time, there were like three people who were doing stuff that like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm definitely the only one who's still around of, of that group. So do you do you feel like sort of like you know like the the daddy to all these guys who are who are come up? I and, do you guys all chat? Do you have like a, a group messenger? Uh, Thomas, I really feel like you could have said dad there. <laughs> or I wanted father, to say, and then you I said daddy. Daddy. Okay. I yeah, just, I choose my words very deliberately. Okay, I apologize. <laughs> that is on me. Um, I do have a lot of composer friends. I have talked many of them in to coming on board the free train and living on th- this stuff. And uh, still most of them don't. <laughs> I mean, even a couple, though, helps, I guess. But I do have to... I, um, I, d- I believe this is a relevant story. There is a bunch of protests going on in Russia right now. Maybe you've heard. I actually haven't, but I'm, I'm woefully uneducated oh anyway yeah there's uh there's a lot of big things uh going on that are anti-putin and uh one of my friends uh rafael uh who was originally from croatia had written some you know pretty soviety music and they Mm -hmm. used that as uh there was a youtube video called putin's palace it got like 100 million views in three days basically everyone in russia has seen this video and it's now the anthem of the Russian Revolution. He's getting like uh, interviews from Denmark oh, wow. because he let it go out there for free and people want to perform it. Their people use it as their ringtone to identify each other as being similarly minded. That's incredible. It's insane. It truly is incredible. And it's like you said, like the that's the common language right there. That's that everyone can can join in and, and add to the energy of a piece like that. Yeah. If you charge two dollars for it, we might be in a different predicament here right, right now. Right. I I I I think, you know, maybe I could be totally wrong here. And please, audience, don't correct us. <laughs> but yeah. Kevin, you can correct us. Uh, you can maybe once once or twice, but yeah. the audience No, 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 no. Because we've seen from other creators, they get a lot of people commenting, correcting them, whatever, and we're just cutting that shit off right now. We don't want it. No. We don't want it. Get it out of here. Five-star review, sure. Yeah. But I I think in a way, and again, could totally be wrong here, but I think when people put their stuff out there and they're like, well, I don't want to make it free because maybe, you know, it's not going to work out and I'm going to lose money. Like, I, I think in a way that's not believing in your work that it's going to find an audience regardless and that audience that you find is what is going to eventually like lead to your success and i think everyone has to do that you know like we're not getting paid for this podcast right now you know it's yeah. not yet <laughs> but soon we'll be making buku bucks yeah but at the moment you know we just have to find our audience i think the same is is with free music well 
So unless you're Beyonce, your your struggle is not with people thieving things from you. Your struggle is with obscurity. Yeah. That is your big, big fight. And that's what it's like. Nobody can like you if they've never heard you. Of course. And also, like, generally, too, I think people need to see your name a few times before they even care at all. Yeah. You know, like people might see your name once in on, on some video. And then if they never see it again, they're not going to like even if they really like the piece, they probably won't go back to you. But if they see it a few times and they're like, okay, this person's good, then that sticks. And the great thing about music is that my music is in, I don't know, let's call it 100 million YouTube videos. Uh, let's say 90 million of them are terrible. Well, nobody watches those. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I only get remembered for the hits and everybody forgets the misses. <laughs> That is true. Genius! You really nailed this. You're a goddamn indie mogul. Genius. You're a freaking indie mogul. We're talking to one of one of the true indie moguls of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've talked a bit about we've talked a little bit about YouTube. We've talked a little bit about copyright, but I think we should bring these two together because this is something, particularly from your perspective of being someone who's been online since before YouTube, when no one could really police what was happening online at all to now when it's like fairly regulated it's still not totally but you know they're trying their damnedest what was that transition like to watch the it's oh good lord (laughs) upsetting (laughs) i was super irritated at youtube for many years because these uh copyright uh, challenges that were false, you know, you'd have a big YouTuber, they'd use my stuff and then their, all of the revenue would get pulled, like all of it. Oh. And they'd never see that back unless they actually did action against the bad faith claimant. Oh boy, legal. But were you then seeing that? I was seeing it in my inbox. Oh, yes. No, but I mean, like, the money that they didn't make, were you making? Oh, no, 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 no. I've never made any money off of YouTube. (laughs) Okay, so that doesn't really seem to make sense So somebody else would claim my music and then claim their video, and then they would lose months' worth into the void. Uh, They have since fixed that, and now it just goes into, like, an escrow account. So, like, the Polish scammer... I'm thinking of one instance in particular, would not get paid by YouTube until the the thing was uh, settled. I see. That's insane that people, I guess people just saw like a, an opportunity yep. to, to co-op your music because you were giving it for free. They're like, well, he's not going to come looking for right. it. Right. So uh, here's my opportunity to say I made this. That's crazy. Yeah, Jesus. That, no, that and still that, happens. Guess, back in the day, they they didn't really do any like follow up to, to or like verification. I guess to be like, oh, did this guy actually make this music? Yeah, yeah. Uh, YouTube doesn't care. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I guess they can't really afford to care. No, they really because can't. it's just so so much content that gets uploaded a day. Yeah, that's insane. so much stolen content that gets uploaded a day. I think I watch a lot of that stolen content. I I I think it's a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey man, YouTube wouldn't exist without stolen content. That's true. Like the very first thing that that blew up on YouTube was the um, Lazy Sunday sketch from uh, Lonely Island. 
and that got ripped and uploaded like thousands of times back in like 2006 or five or six or something and that's like why people know youtube today so stolen content it's it's your model at work my model at work <laughs> yay everybody <laughs> let's get rid of copyright altogether because this is just too much work for everyone in in the realm of of youtube and it's it, it seems like you've you've been long enough to answer this question i believe for sure it, are there any internet creators that you really, you know, look up to and would want to work with in the future? Uh, usually when I find those creators, I email them. And that's been working out great. I saw there was an animated series called uh, The Crack from Element Animation. And they were okay. already using my music. But it wasn't <laughs> fitting right. But I love their content. I'm like, hey, hey. You got a new one? I'll just I'll just write the music for you. They're like, oh my god! <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> That's write pretty the music. awesome. That'd be such a crazy email to get in your inbox. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Is there is there someone right now that you're watching that like dream dream? You could work with anyone on the platform. Who would that be? Do you think? I don't. I really. I honestly don't care. Uh, the people that I could, <laughs> like the the people that I can make the most difference with. Yeah. The when when I watch a, a video or something, if I get straight up angry at the music this is a good fit for me i'm like why <laughs> why it's like you have such a yeah. beautiful thing here and your music is awful let me come fix it yeah <laughs> that's when you really want to get in there and be like this is I'm, right it's it's like watching a fucking dumpster fire it is i gotta throw some water on this right now right and and the other thing is like oh man why didn't they use my music and then i realized Oh, I've never made any music like that. Hang on, hang on. I need to make some music like that so that the next time... I'll be right back. <laughs> you're kind of like a, a modern-day Robin Hood. <laughs> right. A musical Robin Hood. You steal from the bitch and you give to the whore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're getting that time, but the, there is a serious question that I think I'd, I'd, I'd be remiss. I'd kick myself if I didn't ask. And this is something we ask uh, all of our guests. Have you ever completed a hands-free e-jack? I... Yes, yes. I'm going to say yes. No apparatuses, just brain. Oh, no, like, does clothing the count? Fully, fully. Clothing. Hmm? Clothing? Does clothing an no, apparatus? So it's, it's like, a, like a, a force of will Kegel exercise. No, then no, no. No. I didn't even know I it was possible. I didn't even. It is. Oh, okay. It's not easy, but okay. it is possible. <laughs> I've I've achieved it once. Do you recommend? As a younger man, and it was a lot of willpower and a lot of time off. Okay. But I and a think lot of lust in your heart. A lot of lust in my heart. But I think if you work really hard, you can achieve it. Is it? I mean, is it worthwhile? Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. It's a pretty cool thing. Oh, okay. And you're like surprised and shocked and. Was it oh. a better? Was it a better physical feeling than like just a normal jack or like? Yeah, because like... I'm not touching myself, so like it kind of feels like it's almost the gods themselves. Like uh, oh, Zeus's nice. mighty beard is there with me. Tickling your Johnson. Yeah, exactly. So it was. It was a very beautiful experience. It was kind of surprising, but as it happened, it was like I saw the light. But I haven't been able to achieve since. So. <laughs> have you Have you tried though? I have, yeah, I, I have. I've. When, I, when was the last time you tried? Oh, it's been a fortnight, probably about four years. So not a fortnight. I don't know what a fortnight means. Um, I, I think know that's the game. like one of those video games. Yeah, have you yeah. played that game? No, I have not played that game, Kevin. Uh, uh, no, also I've never played the game. 
Okay, so I guess you know what tonight <laughs> we're we're zero for three. So I think we all sign up tonight. We play we play a little Fortnite and then we go uh, hands our, free, Jack. Yeah, yeah, in our separate little abodes and get it done. <laughs> and then we text each other with like a little oh I did it like winky face. Do you want to you know? be in our in our group chat, Kevin? <laughs> I'm not entirely certain anymore. That's fair. <laughs> That's more than more than fair, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I want to thank you so much for being on the pod, Kevin. If you if to, to people listening again who have just learned who you are, like this dude's fucking awesome. How do they find you? Uh, Google for graph paper. This is what this is all about. Is the graph paper? <laughs> now they can if they find the my grandpa. I'll tell he loves graph paper. Yeah, I actually have a I have a serious question about the graph paper. Like <laughs> I haven't really looked into it at all, but like, is it different than like what makes it good? Or, I don't know. Can't you just get graph paper from anywhere? Yeah, well, this graph paper you can get it from you. I you guess. can configure <laughs> any number of lines, any distance between the things, any colors you want. Um, many different styles. Is it like styles. a like you've built like a, a like a thing and like it's almost like an app and it like you can generate your own graph paper it, and then print it exactly. Well, that makes more sense. You got why. I just thought it was like a series of like JPEGs or something. Nope. And you're like, no, this is my graph paper. I drew it myself. <laughs> I think I think you you got to tap into that mathematician physicist market because my grandpa he goes through graph paper like it's goddamn cookies. Yeah. So if if you're if you're a, a physicist listening to this who isn't my grandpa or is my grandpa, check out Kevin's graph I paper. Hope to God your grandpa never listens to this. Podcast. Oh geez, I sent it to him. You know what? It's <laughs> he'll think less of you, but more of me. What? And, and that's I what thought that, you, wait, which one I thought he liked me. He he's gonna think less of you now. But Kevin, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you letting us tap your brain. Uh, find Ke- uh, Kevin on Compatech.com. If you want to hear more of us, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash friendstyles. You can go to anchor.fm slash friend-styles if you want to see us. Subscribe to our Wholesome OnlyFans, our Instagram. Thank you guys so much. We're on every platform. Every goddamn platform. <laughs> we'll see you next YouTube, week. We have YouTube. We have Spotify. We have it all. Okay, goodbye, guys. Love you.